Hello, everybody, and welcome back to First and Goal, the hardest hitting upcoming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Saturday, December 3rd in the year 2022, and guys, it is conference championship day. But before we get into that, we're going to also be discussing some news around the league. We've got some notable transfers coming from some programs. Got a little good, good little bit of content for this short episode for you guys on this fine Saturday. Before I get into it, joining me as always, the one, the only, Big Rob. What's going on, everybody? What a beautiful Saturday morning that it is. Conference Championship Week. We find out who the best of the best is in each conference. Man, I'm excited. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. Um, we're going to do a score prediction for each of the remaining Power Five conferences. We got four games today. We got the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the ACC Championship, the SEC Championship. Pac Twelve was last night. We didn't cover it because I mean, let's just be honest. It really gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I mean, Pac Twelve. What, what was USC even doing? Sitting there saying, "Oh, they're in the top four. They're a contender." I'm sorry, guys, but I'm just going to be real with you. Until Lincoln Riley does something against a notable team, he's overrated and overhyped. I mean, Oklahoma had a down year this year, but, I mean, he took half the damn roster with him, USC. The rest of them transferred out to other schools. I mean, Venables didn't have much of a chance for the word go for a good year this year. And Riley, while he was at Oklahoma, they went to playoffs how many times? One, maybe? No, they were playoffs more than once under Riley. I thought they went two or three times. I know there's a couple of times that they should have got in that they were overlooked. But I think one, one you might be right, once or twice. I think twice. I want to say it was twice. Both times they got their asses worked. <laughs> yeah. They got blown out. It wasn't even a ball game any single time. And, I mean, that's, that's been a story at Oklahoma. Yeah, you win good within the conference in a weaker conference. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you play a good team, you get your ass waxed. And, I mean, it's no big secret as soon as it was announced that the Big 12 was – they were leaving the Big 12 and joining the SEC. Lincoln Riley hauls ass to the <laughs> West Coast to another very elite conference, the Pac-12. And, I mean, over there – Got beat once by Utah this year. Somehow they still said, oh, USC's a playoff team. They're a playoff team. They can. I mean, let's just be honest here. Do you see USC beating Tennessee? Absolutely not. Do you see USC beating Alabama? Absolutely not. Clemson? Nope. Hell, Florida State? Nope. Overhyped. Absolutely, man. I mean, we're not talking about the USC team. (laughs) Of the late 90s, early 2000s. No, we're not talking Reggie Bush years. No. I mean, come on, guys. They played last night and they got their asses waxed. Thank you, Utah, <laughs> for clearing the air. We appreciate that. Keep the riffraff out of the damn playoffs. There you go. Absolutely, man. I mean, once it expands to 12 in 2024, we'll see you then. But just be prepared to get your asses waxed then. That's going to be great. When they damn get cleaned out of the playoffs by Tulane. <laughs> like, come on, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, man, they were just overhyped. I mean, really, you bring your Oklahoma players with you, a good majority of them. You still have what you got. But, you know, again, it's just not not the same as what the other 
conferences are, your ACC, SEC, even Big Ten. You're going to get waxed when you get the Big Ten, too. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 I'm sorry. Hell no. Hell no. USC, you're just – maybe he can build a program out there, guys, but let's just be honest. Who are you playing? Fresno State, <laughs> Arizona, the Sun Devils. You play the Arizona where they, the Wildcats or something. I don't know what the hell they are. Yeah, I believe Wildcats. They just got the big A on the side of their helmets. Hawaii? Yeah, I mean, we seen what happened when Hawaii played Vanderbilt. <laughs> That's real impressive. Yes, sir. So, we appreciate Utah taking care of the trash, taking the trash out for us. Absolutely. But before we get into these conference championship games, we got some notable transfers we want to discuss real quick. First things first, the one that stood out to me above all of them, Brendan Armstrong leaving Virginia Cavaliers. Who would have really saw that coming? After the season he had this past year, I'm I might would have seen it coming. Then after the tragedy that happened up there, I mean, maybe he's wanting to get away from there and just get a fresh start and yeah, get all that out of his head. But at the same time, some guys is gonna make him want to stay there and want some. Want to go out there and honor their brothers and all that. It's just really crazy because Armstrong had so much success in Virginia. This past season, it's no secret, he fell off a cliff. Yeah, he really struggled, man. They really didn't have much of an offense to, to really speak of, unfortunately. And Especially considering their new head coach was supposed to be an offensive guru. Yeah, absolutely, man. And he, from what I saw, the offensive line – they had a lot of confusion on the line, really couldn't block too well for them. Didn't have much of a run game to speak with to, to keep the heat off of them. The receivers running routes were getting confused. Um, Stone hands. Yes, it was It was not a good season at all. I got to tell you guys, though, I will not let 2021 scare me away from Brendan Armstrong. That man's got over 9,000 passing yards. Yeah. I think he had two or three consecutive was he a three or four thousand yard passing season? I think it was four thousand yard seasons he had, or he had back to back four thousand yard seasons. Is what yes. it was. Dude's a incredible talent back there in that position. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and I can't wait to see what happens when he gets an offensive line that'll be able to block for him some receivers that can run routes, catch the ball. Somebody's <laughs> going to get an all star. Yeah, and there's a lot of teams in the ACC right now that are looking for quarterbacks, man. I mean. You think about what if Sam Hartman, if this is his last year at Wake Forest, they're going to need a guy. Yep. Um, Miami. Miami. Well, no, Tyler Van Dyke's coming back, but still, they need a guy to come in there and give them some competition. Yeah. Um, Virginia Tech needs a quarterback badly. In a bad, bad way. Absolutely. Boston College, they're going to need a quarterback. We're going to discuss why right here in a second. <laughs> I don't know who the hell would want to go there, but – um. Florida State, Jordan Travis, he's probably going to the NFL after this year. They're going to need a QB. Armstrong does have that dual threat ability, and he's got that hellacious arm. Yeah. Not to mention SEC schools that are going to need a quarterback after this season. Yeah, man. I mean, I look for Armstrong to land somewhere either in another ACC program or SEC. I don't see him going far. I see him wanting to go somewhere where he thinks he can be successful, fit the system. But also, I think he still wants to be playing the best of the best. Absolutely. So, we're going to probably 
sometime next week, too, we might come back with another episode, have a few predictions on some schools where we think these guys might land. Mm-hmm. But for now, we're going to go up the road to another ACC school with a quarterback on the move, Phil Jerkovic. Is hit the transfer portal, leaving Boston College. It's been no secret with Jerkovic. This young man, I mean, three years in a row has struggled with injuries. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the offensive line they've had the last three years, it's not no real mystery. Why? No, no. And the same problem Virginia had, man. Just, you know, offensive line, like you just mentioned, but the running game, they've only really got one receiver with decent hands. And if I'm not mistaken, he's probably going pro this year. Yeah, he's going to be probably a first, second round pick. Zay Flowers has been a yes, hell of a player. Yes, sir. So, I mean, when you ain't got weapons and your defense can't buy you some time to, to rest and relax, and, you know, it's, um, you know, it's no wonder that he's left. Well, I mean, it's, it's really been unfair, honestly, because since he's been there in the last three years, the offense has really and truly just asked Jerkovic every game. It's pretty much, all right, go out there and. Go ahead out there and win this game for us. We need you to carry us. We're not going to help you win this game. You're just going to have to drag us with you. Absolutely, man. And, I mean, when you don't have a running game, when you got to get the yards on your feet as well, when it's broken plays and then trying to get the ball down the field, that's going to take a toll on the body. I mean, this year I believe he had some rib issues. He had shoulder issues. I mean, you name it, he had it this year. They just got beat up. I mean, man, this that offensive line they had this year was the worst offensive line I believe in college football. It was it was scary. One of the worst I've seen. Yeah, it's one of the worst I've seen ever. It, it was it was downright awful. I mean, Jerkovic had a lot of turnovers, fumbles, interceptions, had some ugly passes thrown out. But I mean, when you were getting drilled, and I'm talking about guys, he wasn't even finishing dropping back before he got somebody hitting him. If you go about, if you go back and look at the film from this year, it's honestly pretty impressive in a lot of ways how many tackles he was able to actually break and shed off in the backfield this year just to get time to throw a pass. Because most of the time he got a pass off is because he already broke one or two tackles. Yeah, yeah. So that's another one who I think is going to be. He has a tremendous ceiling as far as talent goes. I mean, he originally started Notre Dame, came to Boston College. Had a sensational 2020 season until he got it till he got injured at the end of the season. 2021 just got beat up, started the year off, never got right. Same thing this year, just stayed beat up all year. But this dude has a very, very tremendous amount of talent, and you get him with the right team. I mean, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of Will Levis from Kentucky characteristics about him. Mm-hmm. But to me, he's uh, Will Levis with a little bit better arm, a little bit more accuracy. And a little bit quicker. Maybe. He's pretty quick on the feet. Yeah, we can say he's a little quicker. Definitely got quicker ball, quicker release on the oh, ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you got anything you want to add on about Jerkovic? No, sir. Let's move on to the next. All right, on to the next. Switching over. We got one more ACC quarterback. We got Jeff Sims leaving Georgia Tech. Sims been starting quarterback there for two seasons. Yes, sir. Then he lost a job towards the end of this year. I don't know if he lost a job or if he got injured. I'm not exactly sure what the ordeal happened with that. But uh, he is packing his bags, heading out of Atlanta, seeking a new home. And I'm not sure where 
to place him, honestly, as far as where I think he might land, which conference, because he has incredible mobility. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty good arm on him, but he does have some accuracy issues. And he's inconsistent. He's, he's very inconsistent. He'll throw a couple beautiful balls, and he'll throw a couple of this. Ooh, makes your skin crawl looking at him. But the biggest thing with me is his mobility. I mean, he is extremely elusive, very hard to tackle, bring down. He can really make a big play for you if you need him to. I don't know where he could get a starting quarterback job if he went to probably a lower division like a, hell, I don't know, um, Big East. We'll say uh, Sunbelt. Sunbelt, yeah, Sunbelt would be a good one for him. Somewhere in there, if he wanted to stay ACC or SEC, he might get on an ACC at like uh, Louisville. That's maybe. what literally I was just thinking because you're about to lose your quarterback up there at Louisville. Yeah, yeah, Louisville. He could probably get on up there and be a good got to try to work in that system. But honestly, I just don't know how much longer that system is going to work. He might be a good Big 12 quarterback, too. I don't know about that. That'd be a little tough in the Big 12. It'd be a little tough to work in the Big 12. Um, Big 10 would be a little difficult for him. Yeah, I don't see him lasting in the Big 10. Nah. I think he'd be a good Sunbelt-style quarterback, like you said. Mm-hmm. Or he'd be a good fit to bring into a program – like uh, South Carolina with a system you had this past year to carry on Joyner. Be a great quarterback to work in as a kind of a playmaker, gadget guy, bring in there, run you some wildcat plays, also catch you off guard with his arm here and there. Right. Be good like Carolina or Vanderbilt, somewhere like that would be a pretty good fit for him. But you never know, they can always fix them. Yeah. We have not seen his best side because I question the coaching that we've seen there <laughs> the past several years. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands and see how he progresses in a new system. All right, so we got one more, one more quarterback in the transfer portal, guys. We got Haynes King leaving Texas A&M in the SEC. And, you know, with Haynes King leaving, it's just a really – I mean, it's not really that big of a surprise because, I mean, they did go to a freshman quarterback this year. And – you know, just trying to get the future going there. So, somebody I think is going to get a good quarterback, Haynes King, somebody that's actually won some SEC games. And, uh, he'll be a good fit somewhere in the SEC, I think. Yeah, I think he will. He's got a lot of talent, man. He just got beat up start the year this year. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M's offense was a train wreck yeah. from the word go this year. Extremely inconsistent. <laughs> Haynes King's got some very underrated mobility about him. He's got some very good feet on him. He's got some speed. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be able to lay a starting job somewhere else, move right in a program at any conference in the country, honestly. He's got the talent to do it. It makes me wonder, though, if Haynes King's leaving, what about Max Johnson? I mean, they got the freshman quarterback at A&M. Surely Max Johnson's not going to stick around to be a number two. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I, w- I would not foresee him being a number two quarterback, but. But, Mac, you know, he did transfer last year. So, I mean, he would have to sit out one more year, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
don't know. That is that's true. I don't know. That's, that's going to be a tough one to call there. Yeah, it's going to be pretty curious. But that's it for the transfer portal. We also got uh, some more quarterback news in NCAA coming out of Florida. But I'm I'm not going to dig in that, guys. I'm so disgusted. I'm so disgusted by the whole fucking thing. Excuse me. I'm so disgusted by the whole the whole dang thing. Excuse my language. <laughs> I just I don't want to get into that. That's just disgust me. That young man ruined his life. He ruined his career by doing this shit, this stuff, and he deserves whatever he gets at this point. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean. Not to get in too deep to it, but it's one of the most disgusting things that can that you can imagine. You know, he needs to be out of football. He needs to, to be under the jail somewhere. He, he don't need to be. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, anyways, guys, that's up with the transfer portals. Now we're going to get into and roll through these games real quick. We got our game predictions. We'll give you our thoughts on them a little bit. Like I said, this ain't going to be too long of an episode today. All right, started off 12 o'clock p.m. right here in about 15 minutes. We got the Big 12 championship game. We got Kansas State taking on TCU, the Horn Frogs. What you got, Big Rob? Man, oh, man, this is going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be close. <coughs> TCU is, you know, one of the best offenses in the country right now. And I don't know that it's going to be as, you know, good as good to be able to take on this Kansas State Defense. I know that when we watched them earlier, man, they they had a pretty ferocious defense. I think I'm going to take Kansas State to pull the upset, 38-30. I like it. I like it. Yeah, um, I'm kind of the same way. TCU has had a great offense this year. They've had a hell of a run, undefeated in the regular season. But like all good, like all good things, it's got to come to end somewhere. And I think TCU's head's a little bit full right now. They're feeling a little too good about themselves. Coming into this game, they already played Kansas State one time earlier this year, and they barely scraped by on that one. So you know Kansas State's got a chip on their shoulder. And let's not forget, Kansas State has got, hands down, one of the best rushing offenses in the entire nation. I mean, that rushing attack is insane. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you need to wear down a defense. The best way to beat a team with a really good offense is keep that offense off the field. No better way to – no better antidote for that than a good rushing attack. Absolutely. So I also have Kansas State pulling the upset in this one, 38-34, ending TCU's playoff hopes. I have to agree there. Even though uh, Garrett Riley's offense is is tremendous and he's, he's really up there getting a lot of – you know, a lot of love for other OC jobs or even head coaching jobs. I just don't see it as enough to pull off this win, uh, this win against Kansas State this year, this time. Yeah, I don't see it happening. So, on to the next. On to the next Big Ten. That's our Big Ten championship game, 8 o'clock p.m. tonight. We got? All right, so Purdue takes on Michigan and I think this is going to be another good game. I think this is going to be a battle of wills. But as we've seen versus Ohio State, man, this Michigan offense is just a little bit too much. As bad as I hate to say it, 
All right, the thing with this uh, Michigan team is they've got just such a powerful offense that I really do think that it's going to be just no match for Purdue. I think Michigan's going to win. It's going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people think, but I got Michigan winning 35-27. Hell yeah, that's a good prediction, man. I also think this is going to be a hell of a game. Um, like you said, Michigan's offense is just wide slap up, wide slap open, but the defense has also been a great counterpart to them this year, helping them out. Only thing that makes me worry is like when Michigan played, I think it was Indiana or Illinois. It was Illinois a couple weeks ago. Illinois' offense found a way to. Whew, excuse me, y'all. Excuse me. I apologize. Illinois' offense found a way to move the ball a little bit against Michigan and put some points on the board. And Purdue's got a hell of an offense. So this could be an interesting matchup between Purdue's offense and Michigan's defense. Only downside is Purdue's defense ain't going to match up this Michigan offense. I think it's still going to be a pretty close game. But like you also said, I do have Michigan taking this one. I got Big Blue winning 35-31. Yeah, man. I mean, I agree, but... You did mention something there with that Illinois team. And if you really paid any attention to the Big Ten Conference this year, you'll know that Illinois has got a hell of a rushing game. So does Purdue. So, I mean, that might make it close, but I don't think it's it's going to be good enough to, to match this firepower at Michigan. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's just it's not – it's going to be a good game, but it's just not a great matchup as far as Purdue for – your hopes of winning. And this Michigan game's just really good. And all in all, they're a playoff team. I think they deserve to be a playoff team. So it's going to be interesting, man. Absolutely. All right. Next conference championship game, we got Clemson taking on North Carolina in the ACC championship tonight at 8 p.m. in Charlotte, North Carolina. What you got? All right. This might possibly be my game of the week. I mean, you've got the firepower of North Carolina's offense versus that that wall known as Clemson's front, uh, you know, front four. So, I mean, this is going to be a great game. Both teams are, you know, among the best in, or among the best in the league, I think. But all in all, I do think that North Carolina's offense is just going to be a little bit more. As we saw with the South Carolina game, that secondary is a little bit questionable. I've got North Carolina pulling the upset, 45-41. 45-41, North Carolina? Yes, sir. Oh, we got a disagreement here, buddy. All right. I like what you said there. North Carolina's offense looked great this year. Drake Mays played his ass off. South Carolina did expose a couple things against that Clemson front seven last week. But here's the thing with Clemson. They don't make the same mistake twice. Especially not back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. Clemson's hurting right now. They got their playoff hopes literally taken away from them a week ago mm-hmm. against their in-state rival that they have dominated since 2013. Right. Or 14. 14 was when the streak started. So they've dominated for eight years now mm-hmm. in their rivalry game. They had a 40-game home winning streak. Right. All those things came to an end this past Saturday. This is a pissed off football team. Like unbelievably pissed off. 
Davo's not going to sit here and let North Carolina win this game. I'll go, I'll go ahead and tell you, Mac Brown, this is a bad matchup. A really, really bad matchup for North Carolina. Because Drake May has looked good this season. Except when he played elite defenses. Mm-hmm. And he tended to struggle a little bit. That Duke game, North Carolina barely beat Duke. Talent-wise, North Carolina was leaps and bounds ahead of Duke in the talent pool. But Duke hung right in there with North Carolina and gave them absolute fit. And if Duke and North Carolina played again right now, I'd take Duke. I'd take Duke nine out of ten times against North Carolina this season, just being honest with you. <laughs> this clips and defense is going to be hell for an inexperienced quarterback. He struggled against Notre Dame. Last week, he struggled like hell against NC State, a very injured and wounded NC State team. But the North Carolina defense is a liability for them. Their defense is not good. It's still not good continually. They got a great amount of talent on that damn defense, but I don't know why they can't put the season together. I can't figure it out. But this Clemson offense, Will Shipley, you got DJ Leungle starting. He's going to want to have a much better game this week. But even even if he's unable to have a great game, you got Cade Klubnik. You know, the leash is going to be very short. I got Clemson taking this one 34-20. I like it. I like it. But the thing that I would have to argue back about is, yeah, both teams lost last week. So both teams are coming in pissed off. Both teams are hungry. Mac Brown, yes, he, he does have a tendency towards the end of the season to really, I don't know, get confused or, or just not really be able to, to expand upon what he's done this season and make some changes like he needs to. But I do believe that this is their time to pull this upset and I don't know, man. I mean, even with DJ starting, you got to wonder still how bad that hip bruise is that he took last week from that MMORI hit. So, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to come down to probably the last two minutes of the game. Well, well, well see, this is what I'm saying. DJ's going to have a very short leash. He's either going to go out here and he's going to perform or he's going to get benched in this game. Dad won't have this two weeks in a row. It ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. If he gets benched, the odds of Clemson winning go up so much more, actually, because Cade Clubney. You think? I mean, that's the same man that came in when Clemson was down almost three possessions to Syracuse and then a quarter and a half of football won by two touchdowns. Yeah. Cade Clubney's a real deal, man. The only reason they haven't played him much this year here is they've been trying to save that redshirt for him because I think they're going to try to go for another dynasty run like they had with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, I'm turning out. North Carolina ain't winning this game tonight. I'm glad you disagree with me, though. Because nine times out of ten, when you disagree with me this season in football, unfortunately for you, my friend, it means I win. <laughs> we'll have to keep track on this one and uh, report back to y'all next week. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> we know what's going to happen. We know. <laughs> All right. Last conference championship of the game of the day. 
before we wrap this thing up and we go in here and watch this Big 12 title game. We got the SEC Championship coming on at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern today. Got the Georgia Bulldogs taking on the LSU Tigers. Big Rob, what you got? This game right here, even though it's built up to be, you know, a great game, I mean, you've got LSU coming in with a storybook season, charging in there at the end to, to make it to the SEC title game, but they're coming up against a mean Bulldog. And then Bulldogs are going to eat that high end up. I got Georgia winning this game 30-17. to 17. That defense is no joke. The offense is just playing out of their minds. Georgia takes this game. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you. Once again, I'm going to have to join you there on that one. And it doesn't help none of the SEC championships played in Atlanta. Right. I mean, this is going to be a home field advantage for Georgia by far. Yep. And LSU... Last week against Texas A&M and College Station, the crowd noise played a factor in that game. Big factor. And if you think College Station can get rowdy, just wait till you see what these Georgia fans do. <laughs> these people are ruthless. You're going to hear barking in your sleeps. But this defense for Georgia has played extremely consistent, very much lights out for most of the season. Hey, damn it, y'all. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I don't know why the hell I'm yelling. I almost got an enemy. I, I apologize, y'all. But uh, this Georgia defense has been extremely consistent. Like I said, they've played lights out for a big majority of the season. And this LSU offense has been a little inconsistent at times. I mean, they struggled against that Texas A&M defense last weekend. A&M's defense is pretty good. But it ain't Georgia's by any stretch of the imagination. And then Georgia's offense, man, I mean, come on. Stetson Bennett's had a Cinderella season the last two years in a row. You got Brock Bowers. You got Darnell Washington. Mm-hmm. This is way too much firepower. I got Georgia overwhelming LSU 42, 20, 42 to 17. Excuse me. I like it. I like it. Yes, sir. Well, all that being said, you want to throw anything in there? Everybody just enjoy this championship week, man. It's going to be a few weeks before we get another football game, college-wise. Well, just just enjoy it while you can. We'll see y'all come bowl week. That's exactly right. Everybody like, subscribe, share. Don't have too many cones today, but make sure you have a couple. All right? (laughs) Let's enjoy this great Saturday. Spend it with your families, friends, whoever. And until next time, let's keep those drinks cold and keep those chains moving.